0: Welcome to another exciting podcast from Living Faith Church. It's our hope and prayer that today's message will bring you closer and deeper to the heart of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now here is our lead pastor, Pastor Dean Hackett. Well, Father, as I share your word today, I yield myself to Holy Spirit. I welcome the ministry of Holy Spirit through me, Lord. Help me to speak your word today. And may your word bring faith to the heart. May your word bring hope to the heart. May your word bring life in Jesus' name. I thank you, Father. And I give you praise. Amen. 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 The success of D-Day and the landing at Normandy was greatly dependent upon operation, um, (laughs) an operation that God had, I believe it was God, had put in the heart of the military leaders that was going to have recon units behind the enemy lines and they were going to use some of the most audacious and innovative plans that would enable them to draw the attention of the Nazi forces away from Normandy towards northern France. Operation Bodyguard was led by General George S. Patton who was on limited leadership duties because of inappropriate actions by him as a general. But he was leading a new division, the Ghost Division. A division that would make... A fake invasion into northern France at uh, Pas-de-Calais and in Norway. This fake invasion to deceive the Nazis into believing that we were amassing forces for this invasion... They, uh, they had inflatable tanks and inflatable jeeps and jeeps and other uh, armament that were made out of wood and fabric. And uh, they, dis- they, they displayed these, they, they, they were gathering these at Edinburgh, Scotland and also in Dover, England. And all of it was a a fake invasion. They had men and women out there making marks in the ground like the tracks of a tank uh, and um, like uh, the wheels of half tracks and uh, they had uh, fake uh, um, uh, amphibious um, uh, crafts along the shores. All of this was to deceive the Nazi military leaders and to draw their attention towards Pas de Colossae and northern France. But not only that, leading up to D-Day, they had prepared para-dummies. And they were dummies that were dressed in full paratrooper outfits and they were filled with uh, explosives so that when they hit the ground it would be like they were shooting rifles or machine guns and they prepared hundreds of these paradummies and then over northern france just days before d-day they began dropping these paradummies The Ghost Division never really existed. But uh, General Patton did such a great job leading this fake invasion that after D Day, he was given command over the 3rd uh, uh, Armament Division that was incredibly important. Uh, during the Battle of the Bulge, and they, uh, his force went in and, and relieved the, uh, the military forces that were being held captive in the siege at Bastion. It was a tremendous success because it drew the Nazi attention, and the 15th Army of the Nazi military was led over towards northern France leaving the beaches to where we could land on the beaches of Normandy and make that invasion. It was a tremendous success. Operation Bodyguard. Heavenly Father has his own Operation Bodyguard that he has been doing for 2,000 years. Not using inflatables not using paradummies but using actual human beings human beings empowered with the power of heaven and the authority of the kingdom of God and God has been doing his own recon work show you what I mean in eternity past God suffered high treason in heaven when Lucifer led one third of the angels in an act of rebellion against almighty God Isaiah chapter 14 Ezekiel chapter 28 and Revelation chapter 12 gives us the scriptural background of what went on. But look look at what Lucifer... This is Lucifer. How have you fallen from heaven, O Lucifer? You've said in your heart, I will ascend. I will exalt my throne. I will sit on the mountain. I will ascend above the heights. I will be like the most high God. An absolute act of high treason. And Almighty God threw Lucifer and a third of the angels that followed him out of heaven into the atmosphere that he had created. But that wasn't the only thing that God was doing. God also had his own operation bodyguard that he developed. Genesis chapter 1, 26 and 27, it says, let us make man in our own image. God was going to create a new species of being that had never existed. And this new being was going to be made in his own image. As God was a trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, they would be a trinity, body, soul, and spirit. As Almighty God had a creative mind, they would have a creative mind. As Almighty God had a volition, they would have a volition. They would be made in the image of Almighty God. But not only would they be made in the image of Almighty God, God had created this solar system, and into this solar system, He had created a planet, the only planet in all of His creation that would be able to sustain the life of this new species He was going to create. And God came down to Earth, He took a portion of that earth. And he made a human body. The first human body ever made. And he breathed life into that human body. And he called him Adam. And then out of Adam he took ribs. And he made Adam's other self. Called her Eve. And then he performed the first wedding ceremony. And God then blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, subdue it, and have dominion. Psalm 8 gives us an even clearer picture of what that meant. What is man that thou art mindful of him? Or the son of man that thou visitest him? Thou hast make him a little lower than the angels Thou didst crown him with glory and honor. Thou didst make him to have dominion over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things under his feet. Imagine. There was nothing that God had created on planet earth. That man did not have authority over. And God gave to them not only the authority but the power to subdue and to take dominion. Yes. Now, those are military terms. Why would God do that? Because the atmosphere of planet Earth was the region to which Lucifer and his fallen angels had been banished. In other words, God was doing his own operation bodyguard. I am going to put mankind on planet earth. I will make him steward over everything that I have created. And I'm going to give him the authority and the power to destroy the powers of darkness. They will be behind enemy lines... Establishing my kingdom in the region to which I have cast Lucifer. (laughs) That's, That's amazing. That's amazing. But the unthinkable happened. A second act of high treason. Adam and Eve, instead of fully obeying almighty God... They also were deceived by Lucifer into believing that God had tricked them, into believing that they were less than what God had said they were, into believing that they too could be gods. He hasn't changed his story very much, has he? And he led them into an act of rebellion against Almighty God. And in that act of rebellion against almighty God. Mankind instead of subduing and taking dominion. Now they were subdued by the kingdom of darkness. And they were being dominated by the kingdom of darkness and sin. And they lost their lofty position. Where all things were put under their feet. And they lost their eternal Destiny, and they now were subject to the law of sin and death. But Almighty God, in His sovereignty and in His foreknowledge, He knew what would happen, and He already had a plan in place to take. Operation Bodyguard to the next level. And so, what did he do? He himself left the third heaven and he entered the atmosphere of the kingdom of darkness and he came to planet Earth, conceived of the Holy Spirit in the womb of a Virgin Mary. And do you remember? Do you remember what? Gabriel said to Mary, read it with me, would you please? Read it with me out loud if I can get my little guy working. Here we go. You will bear a son, Jesus. He will be great, the son of the highest. Lord God will give him the throne. He will reign forever. Of of his his, his kingdom there will be no end. Almighty God said, okay, mankind has fallen. I've got to rescue those to whom I've given the authority to be stewards of my kingdom and to bring my kingdom to earth and to destroy the kingdom and the power of darkness. I myself will come. I will become a human being and I will redeem mankind so that he can be restored to that lofty position for which I originally created him. I don't think they heard what I just said. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 2. Hebrews chapter 2 beginning at verse 5. The writer of Hebrews quotes Psalm 8, 4 to 8. What is One in a certain place has said, What is man that thou art mindful of him, or the son of man that thou visitest him? That is make him little lower than the angels. Thou dost crown him with glory and honor. Thou didst make him have dominion over the work of thy hands. Thou hast put all things under his feet. We do not yet see all things put under his feet. But we see Jesus who was made a little lower than the angels. For the suffering and death crowned with glory and honor. That he might bring many sons into glory. Oh yeah. God God had not stopped his plan of operation. And the Lord Jesus Christ himself said these words to his disciples. He had had taken them on a special journey north into the northern part of Galilee. North of the Sea of Galilee. North of Capernaum. Up into the region that at that time was known as Panis. Today it's called Banus because Arabs don't have the letter P in their alphabet. It was called Panus because at the headwaters of the Jordan River was this huge grotto that they had made to the god Pan. Now one of uh, one of Herod the Great's sons, Philip, as his father had made a city in honor of Caesar and called it Caesarea by the sea. He thought he would get his own little bit of honor and glory. And so he built a resort there at Panas and uh, called it Caesar. But he was a little bit too arrogant to give all the glory to Caesar. So uh, he called it Uh, Caesarea Philippi he put his name in there as well and uh, I'm sure that really pleased Caesar but that's where Jesus took his disciples for a really really important moment they're standing in front of the grotto to the God Pan at the headwaters of the Jordan River and he asks them who do men say that I am and they begin giving him the answers. Now, some say you're Isaiah, some say that you're John the Baptist, some say you're Jeremiah. Then the important question Who do you say I am? Peter answered, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Right here, right? I'm having trouble with my pointer today. Maybe my batteries died. Okay, we'll have a funeral for my little pointer. (laughs) You're not going to give me the pink one again, are you? Yes, she is. (laughs) Yes, she is. You ready? Okay. Here we go. Look it. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus said, yes. That's a paraphrase. Yes. And upon... This rock, my identity, who I am, the fact that I am the Christ, the Son of the living God. Upon this rock, I will build my church. Now, now watch, watch. Up to that point, in all of the Jewish writing, in the teachings in the synagogue, the church was the children of Israel. But now Jesus is raising the bar. It's not just going to be the church of the Old Testament. I am building my church. My church. A new church. A church that's going to be built upon this new covenant. That's going to be built upon the fact that I am the Christ. I am the redeemer of mankind. That I... Almighty God, God in the flesh, came to earth, and I am going to redeem mankind, and I'm going to build my church. Yes. 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 That's interesting. That's interesting. Because now he is taking God's operation bodyguard to a whole nother level. Which means we've got to ask ourselves this important question. What's the church? So what is the church? well for many people the church looks like this go ahead and go to the next slide this, this is the church see this is the church see that's what they are they think, church, they think about a building they think about a building this is a church we're going to go to church today see can I tell you the truth it's not possible for you to go to church You're going to see why in just a moment. This building could be anything. We're using it as a worship center, but it could be anything. But this building is not the church. Watch. You're going to see what I mean. Go with me, would you please, to 1 Peter chapter 2, if you have your holy scriptures. Go with me to 1 Peter chapter 2. Let me read it to you. 1 Peter chapter 2. Beginning at verse 4. Coming to him as to living stone. Rejected indeed by men. But chosen by God and precious. Coming to him as to a living stone. Rejected indeed by men. But chosen by God and precious. Who is that? That's Jesus. Everybody say Jesus. Jesus. That's Jesus. But it doesn't stop there. You also... As living stones are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Did you catch that? His church is not made up of brick and mortar. Go back a slide. Two slides. (laughs) That's not the church. That may be a worship center, but really, honestly, that also could be an auto repair shop. That could be a grocery store. That's just a building. Go forward, one. Two. (laughs) There's the church that Jesus sees. Jesus is building his church and its people. Yes. His church's people. Yes. People that have been restored to almighty God's original design. Yes. That they are my people filled with my spirit. Walking in obedience to me. And walking in kingdom authority and power. Upon this rock, I'll build my church. Listen to how Peter goes on to describe them. And we might have this on a slide. Yes, we do. You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. His own special people. I love that because in the Greek words here, the Hebrew synonym is God's special treasure that He keeps under lock and key. Isn't that awesome? I love it. We're his special treasure. Special people. That you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Who once were not a people, but now are the people of God. Who once have not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. The church is people. How come? Well, the word for church is ecclesia in the Greek. And in classical Greek writing, it was used about people being called out of their homes to a community gathering, to a community meeting. It might be a body politic. It might just be a community gathering. But they had been called out of their homes into this community meeting. Jesus takes that word ecclesia and he begins using it for his church. It had been used in the Septuagint, in the the Greek translation of the Old Testament, about the people being called out of Egypt to go to the promised land. The children of Israel had been called out of Egypt to go to the promised land. Now Jesus is saying, but I've got a new church. I've got a new people that I'm calling. And I am calling them. I'm going to call them out of their families. I'm going to call them out. Out of their communities. I'm going to call them out of their neighborhoods. I'm going to call them out of sin and out of darkness, and I am going to bring them into my marvelous light, into my glorious light. They're going to be my called out people who will be the ones that I will build the kingdom of God. Called out ones. Called out ones called out of darkness into his marvelous light this world is a world of darkness I don't need to tell you that you know that man with all of the saber rattling going on the natural disasters that are going on the terrorism that is going on. The black on black violence that's going on. The white on white violence that's going on. The white on black. The black on white. Domestic violence. Addictions of every imaginable kind. We live in a world of darkness. Darkness it's an awful world I thought growing up in an alcoholic home and the stuff that I went through as a kid was horrible but I see stuff today that absolutely just makes me shudder and go you know what <laughs> compared to that I skated there, there is a level of dehumanization Of human being on human being that is absolutely appalling to me. I can't imagine. We live in a great world of darkness. And it is because Satan, Lucifer, is the God of this world. It is because of the principalities and powers and the rulers of the darkness of this world that has been allowed to absolutely manifest and and exploit itself. And going clear back 50 years ago in America, we made the decision that we no longer wanted Jesus Christ to be our king. And so we threw him and we threw his word out. And since then, we have been trying to divest every public image of him away. We don't want the Ten Commandments in the classroom anymore because it might offend somebody. Are you kidding me? It, would someone tell me how thou shalt not murder is offensive? I kind of like that being in the eyes and minds of our kids, don't you? I kind of like thou shalt not steal. I think that's a pretty good idea to put in the hearts of our kids. Don't you? Uh, Go ahead and grab both sides of your chair because you're going to need it for this one. Thou shalt not commit adultery. I think that's a really good one too. Come on. We could put the $10 billion pornography industry out of business. We could stop the slave trade. Come on. We might actually stop divorce. The lie that, oh, kids will will bounce back. They'll get it. Never. Kids never get over it. Don't kid yourself. That's a lie from hell. The greatest victims of divorce are the children. And I know, I want to just quickly put this caveat in here. I know there are many times divorce isn't your choice. It's foisted upon you. I get that. I know there are times when it's divorced because you have to keep yourself and the children protected and safe. I get that. I know that. It still goes back to the same thing. It's the power of darkness at work that's trying to destroy. Are you tracking with me? There's a reason God said, I hate divorce. He didn't say, I hate divorced people. He said, I hate divorce. And it's because of the destruction. It's because it's such a tool of the power of darkness. And I want you to know something. Almighty God refused to let darkness be perpetrated and expand on planet earth without there being a direct confrontation. And that direct confrontation that God designed is the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Hallelujah. We are the greatest force and power on planet earth. That's why it breaks my heart when the church begins to adopt darkness. Folks, if the church doesn't stand for righteousness and holiness, the enemy will start start seeping darkness under the thresholds and through the cracks in the living stones when those living stones that make up the church when they begin enduring darkness pretty soon cracks will begin appearing and the darkness will start creeping in. Sin is a monster. Of such hideous mien That to be hated. Is but to be seen. But seen too oft. Familiar with face. We first endure. And then embrace. And that's what's going on in the church. Yes. We have entertained ourselves with R-rated movies and PG-13 movies. We've entertained ourselves with music and, uh, and rap that carries... The darkness of the world. And we have entertained ourselves with it. Entertained ourselves with it. Entertained ourselves with it. Until now we're beginning to embrace some of it. And bringing it into the church. And that has weakened the church's ability to be the light of almighty God in a darkened, crushed world. But when the church will adopt God's level of righteousness and holiness in their life, the church becomes filled with, dark, with light. And by being filled with light, we have the authority and power to push back the darkness. Yes. God is light. And in him is no darkness Wrote the apostle John. If we say that we know him. And walk in darkness. We lie. And do not the truth. But. If we walk in the light. As he is in the light. We have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ. Cleanses us. From all sin. Now watch this. Jesus said, upon this rock I'll build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Behold, I give to you the keys of the kingdom. Whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. He is giving us the authority. Watch this. Can you imagine how frustrating that is to the enemy that we have the keys to every gate he establishes? We have the key to every stronghold of darkness he establishes. I say to you by the authority of Jesus' name. That every time the enemy tries to establish a drug house in your community. Church of the Lord Jesus Christ. You have the authority and the keys to go open that drug house and command it to leave your community. It cannot stay there. Every brothel. I'm saying to you, every community that is filled with darkness and domestic violence and gang activity, I say to you, Church of the Lord Jesus Christ, why do we allow that to remain in our community? We have the keys to drive it out. And the only reason we don't is because the church today does not know who the church is and why the church is so important in a community. And we don't believe it. Or we have have partied too much with darkness. And because we've partied too much with darkness, we're not walking in the full measure of kingdom, power, and authority. And I say to you, by the authority of Jesus' name, church church of the Lord Jesus Christ be cleansed of the darkness and rise up you are seated with Christ in heavenly places take the authority that almighty God has given you and refuse to let darkness expand in your home refuse to let darkness expand in your neighborhood refuse to let darkness expand in our community let's be the church that Jesus Christ has built Over the next four weeks, five weeks, I'm going to talk with you more about the church. Next week, we're going to talk about who makes up the church and what is the power that God has given to us. I think it's more than coincidence that the church was birthed in a Pentecostal outpouring and the empowering of the Holy Spirit. And when the church went from the Jewish community to the Gentiles and all the world, it was launched into the Gentile community by the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the empowerment. Yes. And as you study church history, and I could do that with you. I actually wrote a blog on that several months ago. How that every era of the church has experienced a fresh baptism of the Holy Spirit because Almighty God wants His church to have that level of power. We're going to talk about what that means to greater Hermiston. Church of the Lord Jesus Christ, I want you to know who you are because I no longer want you sitting vulnerable and passive. When the church doesn't know who they are, The enemy can trick them and deceive them and make them ineffective and make them passive. But when the church knows who they are, they rise up in the power of the Holy Spirit. And the power of darkness has no power against them. Go to the last slide for me, would you please? The church can deal with darkness like no other power.